Welcome everybody, my name is Mikhail Nasrani, and this is Islam for Christians. Episode 10, Surah 114, An-Nas, The Mankind. This is the first of what I hope will be, inshallah, a commentary that spans the entire Quran. We will explore the Quran one section at a time, and in keeping with my advice to read the Quran backwards, I will start in the back with Surah 114. So here's Surah 114, The Mankind, in English. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, say, I seek refuge in the Lord of Mankind, the King of Mankind, the God of Mankind, from the evil of the sneaking whisperer, who whispereth in the hearts of mankind, of the jinn, and of mankind. And now the Arabic as recited by the great Saad al-Ghamdi. As the title would suggest, the main subject here is men, or more broadly, mankind. In Arabic, every line of this surah ends with the same three letters, N-A-S, meaning men. Pickthall tried to capture the rhyme and emphasis of the structure by ending all but one of his lines in the English translation I read earlier with the term mankind, emphasizing that everything in the surah should be understood in its relation to humans. Another way to translate this, though, and capture more of the Arabic rhyme would be, say, I seek refuge in the Lord of mankind, the King of mankind, the God of mankind from the evil of the sneaking whisperer in mankind, who whispereth in the hearts of mankind, of the jinn, and of mankind. The first three lines summarize God's three relationships to humans. The first line is often translated as sustainer, rather than just Lord. So this establishes that God is what sustains man, grows him, and also created him. The second is the king of mankind, meaning that God is the ultimate authority on earth and in the hereafter. God is the sovereign of his entire creation. The third relationship is that God is the judge of mankind, the one to which he will be accountable on judgment day. It goes on to talk about seeking refuge from the sneaking whisperer, which is most likely a reference to Satan, but it could also mean a person's inner thoughts. The end of the surah expands the list of those who could actually whisper evil to a person, to two more things, both jinn and mankind. I'll give you a small explanation on the jinn later, but the important part here is that jinn are invisible. So it's not just other people that can tempt a person, but completely unseen, mischievous entities. Regardless of the source, God is the remedy. God is who protects from evil. And God is also the one who can help you recognize evil. That is the reason for revelation, the prophets, and prayer. These things help to recognize and combat evil, to stay on the straight path 
and pay no heed to the whispering plant life dotting the road to success. This surah concentrates on the inner jihad, on the inside of men and the importance of seeking God's protection in that vulnerable space. The last three lines are basically listing the three sources of evil in declining order of power, Satan, jinn, other men. You could also add a fourth, a person's own heart. You see that beautiful woman you want so much? Or that money just sitting there that you want to steal? It could be Satan tempting you. There could also be a jinn magnifying the temptation. A friend doing the same. And at the same time, your own lustful or greedy heart could be trying to veer you off the path. God, your sustainer, will help you. He has authority over all things. And in the end, he will be the judge, both of those who hear the whispers and those who utter them. Okay, so at this point, some people might be freaking out. The jinn. What's a jinn? I never heard of a jinn. Jinn is spelled J-I-N-N. It's not a type of alcohol. It's not G-I-N. More modern Islamic scholars may interpret the jinn figuratively, but that's a minority opinion, especially historically. Satan himself, according to interpretations of the Quran, may have even started out as a jinn. So it's best to think of the jinn as real creatures when the Quran references them. The jinn predate Islam, and it's not a super unique thing to believe in invisible creatures who, while not gods themselves, involve themselves in human affairs. The Arabian jinn are similar to elves or dwarves in Nordic lore, the mysterious whisperers who can guide someone or drive them crazy. Many of these would become angels and demons after Europe's conversion to Christianity. Jinn are the Arabic version, whose main attribute is that they are invisible. The name comes from the verbal root J-N-N, which means to hide, conceal, or veil. The modern term genie actually comes from this word, as do the Arabic words for insanity, demon possession, madness, and obsession. When explaining jinn, I find it helpful to discuss them along with a few other Islamic species, that is, angels, jinn, and humans. Angels are made of light and have no free will. Therefore, they live only a life of complete servitude to God. Jinn are made of fire, and unlike angels, they possess free will, much like humans. Humans are made of clay and have free will as well. So really, the only thing separating the jinn from humans is their base substance and incorporealness, if that's a word. Basically, they're invisible and we're not. They can be good or bad, and may have mixed motivations like humans. This will come into play later in the story of Iblis, who is the Islamic Satan, who was not a fallen angel, but instead a jinn, who rebelled against God. He's more than just a jinn now, but that's a whole other podcast. The jinn, being invisible, have a special advantage in mischief making. So, back to Surah 114, it is often seen in conjunction with Surah 113, which we'll go over next time. Some actually believe the two surahs were once one. Surah 113 will concern itself a bit more with the external threats to mankind. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next time. Inshallah.
Thank you for listening to Islam for Christians. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep this show ad-free, you can also visit my Patreon page and subscribe. I'm at patreon.com slash Islam for Christians. That's patreon.com slash Islam for Christians.